We're going to be in Luke chapter 6, for you guys to follow along there. We're going to cover the whole chapter. So in um, preparing for the study, you know, it's always a little, you know, somewhat difficult and asking the Lord for clarity and so forth and wanting to teach what, you know, he wants me to share. You know, you want to be sensitive to the Lord and, and pray and wait, sometimes wait too long, right, to hear from him. And, and like a confirmation as far as what to uh, what to share. And it was cool how he gave me clarity. And with it this time, you know, I was going through the Gospel of uh, of Luke here, my devotions, and kind of slowing down a little bit here in chapter six. And it was a good chapter with a lot of substance and and application as we'll go through it. Um, you know, for us as particularly as Christians, you know, to examine our lives as we walk with Him. You know, praying and asking the Lord for for you know if this was it, you know, this type of thing. Um, the chapter he confirmed it when I was you know. Playing a little game with my little daughter Nayeli, you know, three-year-old. Um, it was a it was a, a matching puzzle game, kind of like this. Uh, Henry hooked up the uh, the graphic there, but it was pretty much like two pieces of puzzle, right? And and you only could fit it one way, and it had like purple written in a purple color, and it had grapes next to it, right? So they kind of fit together. And I was like, oh Lord, you know, because that's what I was kind of going through in, in Luke chapter six, right? Do, do I do I do I fit here in what you want me to do as your follower, right? And there are many things that we're going to go through, right? Different things we should be um, focusing on. That's how we kind of kind of confirmed it, and I thought that was uh, pretty awesome, you know, made it clear, right? Do we match up? Do we match up to Scripture? So as we dive into the chapter, have that kind of simple, simple game in mind, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, yeah, we have the pieces, we have the Bible, you can figure out the game with some time, with some help from the Lord. Um, but it's pretty simple, right? You do what he says, you live the way he wants you to live, and he'll be there with you, right, along the way. So we have our example, Jesus Christ, who lived here, dealt with everything that we are dealing with, gave us insight to moments, and lived the life that pleased his Father in heaven. You know, has it ever been a, a, in the Christian life where God says, you know, figure it out yourself, um, I can't help you in any way, I don't want to help you, but I'm still going to hold you accountable for everything that you do. It's not like that, right? The Lord's going to help you out. He gives us instruction in his word, the pieces, so to speak, to apply to our lives and fight against the strategies of the enemy who want to tear us apart. Um, so, I, I, Or, you know, at times, you know, even myself included, right, we can be a tool in the hands of the enemy of how we deal with people in our lives, the different things going on. First Peter 3, it says, All his divine power was given to us in all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Romans 8, 31, verse 32, it says, What shall, then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who, put not, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So understand that God loves you, amen? God loves you, amen? And he has given us his word, the Bible, so we can learn from it. Who has learned everything? Come to that place where you said, I've learned all the Bible, no one, right? I pray you haven't. Um, it shouldn't be a book on the shelf, shouldn't be, you know, just for the church leaders, it should be for you and me, right, to live a life for him. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, have all the tools for every good work. Second Timothy three 
16 and 17. So we meet Jesus and his disciples as they are walking through the grain field right here, right? And, and let me start reading here, verses 1 through 5. Okay, so there, Luke chapter 6. All right, verse 1 through 5. It said, And it happened on the second Sabbath, after the first, that he went through the grain fields, and his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus answering them said, Have you not even read this, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those who were with him, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So as they were, as they were walking, I'm sure you guys can picture, right? The disciples were plucking the heads of grain, right? Rubbing it in their hands. And this was obviously during the ministry of Jesus Christ when they were walking around ministering to people, teaching, calling people to the kingdom of God, healing the sick, teaching parables. And as we'll see later in the chapter, people who were being tormented by unclean spirits were meeting with him and his disciples. So lawfully, um, this was okay to do based on, on Deuteronomy back in the Old Testament, verse 20, uh, chapter 23, verse 25. It says you can come to your neighbor's house if you're, if you're hungry, right? You can pluck the heads, right? You just couldn't bring a bucket and so forth, right? And kind of take all their field away. So it was lawful, but pretty suspect that the Pharisees found them like this. The religious leaders worried about what Jesus and his disciples were doing constantly. Wherever they went, they were at trying to find out something that he was doing wrong. That way they can expose them. Always looking to trap and destroy the ministry of our Lord. And for the most part, what, what I've been taught is, and what I've read, it's, it was all based on jealousy, right? The envy toward him and his ministry. And they were watching a ministry that was growing by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything that he was doing, the Lord was blessing. And the works of Jesus Christ were just crazy, right? Blowing people away, healing them. So, so they... They wanted their, the, the Pharisees, they wanted their legalism, um, the law, to be the, the weight that held down the people into an outward expression of religion. You guys get that? They wanted their law to weigh down the people and, and bind them to a point to where everything they did, it was more or less like an outward expression of what they thought was a, a right religion. You know, fastings, you know, outwardly, right, praying in public, you know, almsgiving, all motivated by pride and what other people around them would see instead of an inward calling, right? A relationship with the Lord and pleasing Him no matter what day it was, Sabbath or not. So who wants to be a Pharisee and get external praise from people? I know we should kind of care what people think, right? Sometimes I don't, you know, um, I think I think it's to because I used to really really be that way, right? What I what I would buy, what I would wear, what do people think? You know, it, I'm, I'm thankful to, to I'm at a place where it, it's not like that for me, right? You know, it's pretty much the Lord, but you know, we shouldn't be at that place where we're a Pharisee and uh, and hold even hold people to a place where um, or even to a laws right that can't be fulfilled ever. All the things they were holding the people to, they could not do um, with the flesh involved. So first thing we need to consider is our relation with the Lord and relationship, not a religion, right? Who knows that? Raise your hand if you know that. 
if you have a relationship with him, that is what you need, right? One-on-one all the time. Um, we have our, our, our standards here in the Bible that are very specific, right? Salvation, the Trinity, um, Jesus coming to earth, dying on the cross for our sins, areas that are, that are non-negotiable, right, that, that are in the Bible. And then there are areas of, so, you know, quote-unquote freedoms that you can plug into the Lord and he can direct you and how to live a life that is pleasing to him, right? We all, we all live differently. We all look differently. Uh, we all sound differently. Amen to that, correct? The Lord's going to lead us that way, however that looks. All of us living the same life uh, would be kind of boring, very boring. I've had different situations where people question several things that other people do and hold them to the standard that God has given them. You should live like that. Um, The movies they watch, the places they go, the people they interact with, um, the way they're supposed to talk, what their family's supposed to look like. what even they should look like, and even dress also. So imagine if I were to tell you that, you know, that you should have a big family like I have. Imagine if I were to tell you that. Um, You're like, no, not going to happen. Imagine if I were to tell you that if you're married and your wife, your wife should be home and not working. Straight out, if I were to tell you that. You know, these could be heated discussions, right? Um right off the bat, uh, but these are things that the Lord must show you, you know, even small items, right, like the Sabbath day, you know, we don't, we don't take a role here, we don't, you know, take your name down, so to speak, right, and if you miss a Sunday, the, the day we gather, it's, it's okay, right, it's okay, um, you have to be led by the Lord, you know, as Pastor Manny says, it's a hard issue, right, you and the Lord, you're connected, right, the Lord wants you here, you should be here. Um, the Lord wants you somewhere else, um, whatever special occasion it is, you're going to minister to someone there. It's a heart issue. The Lord's going to tell you that. Um, you have to have that connection with the Lord and, and be guided by Him. And we should be in fellowship, correct? Consistently in fellowship, correct? But there'll be those times where the Lord you know, leads us to it in a different way uh, for a different day. Um, but you shouldn't be here or miss service for some silly reason, Right? Any football fans here? Got their favorite teams, right? Uh, don't let that get in the way of you being connected with the Lord and what he's telling you to do. It could be go down to the other stuff, right? I mean, your friends and so forth wanting to hang out. It shouldn't be that you uh, um, couldn't make it to service because you're tired, but you stayed up you know, to 2 a.m. or a day before, right? That's a silly excuse. Uh, it also be it all has to be directed to the Lord. And many times I've texted Manny, and told them, you know, uh, I'm not going to make this service. This is something that the Lord's tell me to be, right? Be here at service, get conviction, for whatever reason, right? Um, could be just, you know, vacation, or I want to be home and help my wife. Never, never has he said, that isn't right, you need to be here. Never has he said that. Because there, there's a place, right, of, of not holding people to, to certain standards, right, of you you always have to be at a certain place and always have to be doing a certain thing because I think it's right. Um, we have to be careful with that and how we hold people in their walks with the Lord and, and how we deal with that, 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 that word legalism, correct? Being legalistic. We can stumble many by the silly guidelines that we place on them and just like here in the Pharisees, right? And here's a quote by um, William Barclay. It says, It is possible to read Scripture meticulously 
to know the Bible inside and out, cover to cover, and be able to quote it verbatim and to pass an examination or a test on it and yet completely miss it, its, real, its real meaning. You know, I hear the Lord is like, hey, and gives him an example, even David, right? When he was eating the showbread from the house of God, I remember that being taught to me a long time ago, and it sometimes, sometimes sticks here and there. But I was taught that human need is more important than religious ritual, right? Human need is more important than, than religious ritual. Psalm 51, verse 16 through 17, it says, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. So the Lord gives him the, 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 you know, the rebuke there in an example of David and a rebuke when he tells him that the Son of Man, the person standing in front of you, is Lord of the Sabbath. You know, if I don't have a problem with it, you know, why should you? Uh, the love of others should always overwhelm our tendency to hold them to a particular standard. Romans 8 talks about all these commandments, and the, the one that sums them all up is you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's what it sums them all up to. Um, if, you are, if you are hungry, wouldn't you want some grain to chew on? You know, so if someone else is hungry, wouldn't you want them to have some as well? So as we continue, the Lord doesn't you know, stop challenging the Pharisees here. Um, with that Sabbath law mindset. So let's read verses 6 through through 11. It says, Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find an accusation against him. But he he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. And then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy? And when they had looked around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. So we see Jesus here teaching in the synagogue and a man with a withered hand right was in attendance and he saw him. The Pharisees again watching him closely to see what he would do on what day? Sabbath. The Sabbath day. You know, to see if he could bring, they could bring a charge against him, you know, according to their law and in verse 8, the Lord knows what they are thinking and sets the stage for them to be involved, to be involved in the healing of this man, the process to do good or evil on the Sabbath, you know, what were the Pharisees going to say? You know, I dare you to say evil and not do anything on the Sabbath. The Lord is so awesome and how he deals with the, the Pharisees. He didn't really have them um, have to answer them at all or, or, or give a reason for anything he did. Um, but you have to have to see, just like us too, we have to see the opportunity that, that he was using to possibly, you know, reach them, even the Pharisees, right? And even people today, right, we need to be know that we could be used for the, the saving of evil people, people who are coming against us, and possibly reach them and others with the love that he was expressing in the healing of the man with their hand. So the law doesn't matter. You know, this man was hurting, probably not able to provide for his family. Um, let me show this man how much I love him. You know, one-on-one interaction with Jesus and the man. Um, an expression of love motivated, motivated by the Spirit of God can change a person's 
a person's eternal destination. If you, if you show an expression of love, a genuine expression of love to someone, you can change someone's eternal destination. Do you believe that? You can change it by just a simple expression of love. Uh, and this is, what, this is what Jesus was doing here. Um, in the Gospel of Mark, it says that Jesus was grieved by the hardness of their hearts. To save a life or to kill, to do good or evil, a, a clear choice for any human being, right, anybody here to answer, but their hearts were consumed and filled with other legalities that they had no room for love in their hearts at that moment. You know, John 5, the situation where the man was, was waiting for the, at the pool, um, I think that Bethsaida, right, where it needed to be stirred up and they would all kind of run to it, right? Um, for 38 years, you know, he was like that. The Lord healed him and the Jews, seeing him, told him, why are you carrying your bed on the Sabbath? The man that, that hadn't walked for 38 years, right, the first thing they, they question is, why are you carrying your bed? Not while you're walking, Right? Um, so no rejoicing in the healing, just bondage in the law, these Pharisees were. So Jesus often rebuked the religious leaders of this day for this kind of heart. He said to them, laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition, making the, the, the word of God no effect through your tradition. So we always have to guard ourselves right in this area, you know, uh, as as a father, I need to you know guard myself in this area, right? Being legalistic with my kids, um, with my friends, even myself too, right? Um, it, it grieves the Lord when we are legalistic with others, you know, holding them to a certain standard, right? That that's not biblical or a conviction of our own. Um, it's a relationship. You know, our, our family, you know, individually, right, they all need to have their own relation with the Lord and be led by them. Amen? We, we can't steer them in a certain way where we want them to go. We just need to do our best, right, to be praying for them, answering questions and so forth, but really knowing that they have that relation with the Lord and they can be led by Him. And a relationship, not a religion. Um, follow the Lord and be careful with the guidance you give others also, because that could be like a little stumbling block too, right? Follow the Lord. I like, I like that answer. You seek him and you get your answers, your marching order from him. Don't, don't, don't rely on man, right? Now verses 12 through, 12 through 16. You guys with me? Verse 12. All right, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Simon whom he also named Peter and Andrew, his brother James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who, was also, who also became a traitor. So the main thing here, you know, I don't think it's, it's the disciples, right? These are, these are just men. Um, even though they made the decision to follow him, leave everything right behind and follow him, the work of the Lord will be done whether we are involved or not. Our Lord Jesus Christ Prayed how long? All night. Continued in prayer, right? To his Father in heaven. So who's ever prayed all night? Anybody? And not, no, no, no. Uh, you, can, you can just spiritually say yes, right? No glory here, but 
It's hard, right? Hard to stay up all night and pray. Will you, will I do it if necessary? And the similar question I ask myself, right, is uh, what would it take for me to stay up all night to pray? What's it going to take? And we, we had a few all-night all prayers. Who's remember those here? All-night prayer nights here? Those are rough. Uh, especially when they were on a Sunday. I remember we had one on a Sunday. It might have been on New Year's. But we were not well on Sunday morning. There was many Bibles falling on the floor on Sunday morning. But they're, they're hard, right? But it should, it, should, it should be here our example that Jesus prayed all night um, in special situations, right? But more or less to plug into the Father, right? And get guidance from Him, especially in choosing these, these 12 men here who would turn the world right side up, right? By spreading the gospel, right? And giving the, the word of God out. Uh, these men were common men who were ready to follow Jesus a different, uh, from different places, you know, a strange mixture of men that, that the Lord wanted to use and start a new work um, to kind of combat the religion that was going around by the Pharisees. An example that he was giving to the disciples also, right? As far as being able to pray and connect with him, with the Lord, all the power that he had, everything that he was that they had seen him do, still Jesus was in need of that time in prayer, seeking the Lord, seeking his Father in heaven. You know, everything that we do, are we are we still in need of our Father's time? Um, maybe maybe you are you are comfy, you know, financially or comfy emotionally. Maybe you're you're good, you know, spiritually. I don't think you can ever say that, but I just say maybe you are, or you think you are, uh, will you defer spending time with the Lord when, when needed to make those like urgent decisions or critical decisions? Uh, find a place, spend time with him, and, and ask him and seek his direction like Jesus did here. I think that's the main thing we need to pull from that. He's prayed all night choosing these guys. Now, verses 17 through 19 and so then he came down with them and stood on a level place with the crowd and his, of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. So Jesus and his disciples came down together to a place uh, where the great multitude was at. They were gathering from all over to hear, right, and be healed by Jesus. They came from this, these places, Judea, Jerusalem, and from Tyre and Sidon. Sidon was kind of the furthest city away, about 50 or 60 miles away from where they were at. Um, so 50 to 60 miles for us would be like, you know, from here, be like to Redlands, you know, that far. You have, to have, you have to handle these people, right, for, for traveling that far to first hear, right, and then to be healed. The hearing's cool, right? Who likes to listen to the Lord? You need to listen to the Lord um, to be taught by him the things that you might never have been taught before. Right? He's your, he should be your primary teacher. Um, I remember the first Bible study I heard, and it, my mind is like, it blew up, I think. It was on Ephesians 5, and it was on marriage. My first, anybody remember their first Bible study? I vividly remember it. You know, Ephesians chapter 5, and, 
and to know the way God wanted marriage to be and to look like, you know, was so different to what I've seen or what I even kind of wanted at the time. Um, to hear from the Lord is, and, you know, through his word is special. Because you know there's no lying, right? It's right here black and white. You know, there's no worldly influence, right, or examples that the people give us, right? It's, it's all here from the Lord. And when you plug into the heart of God, like these people did, and make sacrifices in that choice, you'll be blessed. You know, the sacrifices of traveling far, you know, being tired, you know, going to events, you know, men's retreats and so forth, um, women's retreats, etc., and not doing the things that you might want to do that have no eternal substance. You know, it's a choice, right? It's a choice to make those, those, those choices to where, you know, you get fed or you get entertained, so to speak. Um, to hear from the Lord. You also have to have these other people, you know, the poor people who wanted to be healed, right, of their diseases, as well as those being tormented by unclean spirits. That's a scary word, right, being tormented, uh, being disturbed or, or troubled by demons. Jesus was the only answer for these people, and Jesus is the only answer for all people. He's the answer for all people. We all need to be healed and touched by the Lord in whatever we are dealing with. We all have to have that meeting with him one-on-one. And I say, you need to, because you need to be touched by him. And the question is, right, have you been touched by the Lord tonight? Um, You know if you have, and you know if you haven't. But you must have that meeting with the Lord and and have that connection where I give your life to him, and, and you'll be blessed. Give you those, give you the directions, right? That you need to have, and you all are probably familiar with the lady with the issue of blood, right? The flow of blood in Gospel of Mark, chapter five. She had that health issue um, that she made that she was made well. Uh, she was not made well by the physicians of the day, um, but in her visits with them, it's in Mark chapter five, verse twenty-six. It says even her condition was made worse in her visits with the local physicians. Um, but when she heard, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall, what? Be healed, be healed, be made well. No doubt in her mind, right? No doubt in her mind, if only I can touch him. Uh, that should be, you know, our faith also. You know, if we have that meeting with him, you know, he will tell us the same thing, right? Daughter, son, go in peace. Your faith has made you well and be healed of your affliction. You know, like how it says that, that Jesus was on a level place. You see that in verse 17? 17? Yeah, verse 17. He said he was at a level place. Do you all know that Jesus is at a place where you can meet with him? He's at a level place with us, you know, as far as being able to talk to him. Nothing special you have to do. You don't have to be a a certain way. Um, No special way you have to talk. You don't have to know the, the Bible in its entirety. Um, you don't have to know all the doctrine before you talk to him. Um, that's, how, that's how I kind of felt before I gave my life to the Lord and started learning the Bible, that God was at a place to where, you know, he didn't have time for me. It's not like that, right? It's a lie. Or certain people you have to go to to get to him. We have that connection, right, with the Lord anytime, 24-7. You know, he's waiting at that, that level, you know, eye to eye, heart to heart, waiting for you to approach him. The key word is waiting, right? Lord's always there waiting for us. We just have to make that 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 um decision to go.
and talk to him. And I hope that's comforting to hear. Who says that's comforting to hear? That God is always there waiting to hear from you, no matter what the situation is, no matter if you've sinned, he's waiting for you, right, to be comforted, right? If you, even if you, you want to give him praise, right, he's, he's there waiting for you. Very comforting to hear from me. Our verses 20 through 26, it said, then he lifted up his eyes toward the disciples and said, blessed are the poor. Are you poor? For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you, blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast you out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. So Jesus here is looking at the disciples and teaches them and prepares them for their work in the ministry. You know, Many people think that following the Lord uh, will be easy as a believer in Jesus Christ. And it's not the case, right? It's not the case. It's, it's very difficult. Um, there will be sacrifices and challenges as um, as the disciples had in being followers, his followers. Uh, there has to be that mindset of how sometimes the Lord um, will only give us what's needed to live a life, right? The bare minimum, so to speak. These disciples had left all to follow him. Uh, you know, their, their people, their families, right? Their, their trades, you know, making money and so forth. They were going to be living off of alms and were in one sense poor in their decision to follow him. Uh, they were going to be hungry at times, right? They were at times going to weep. They were at times going to be hated by men and be reviled and be excluded and be called evil because they were followers of Jesus Christ. And we should be in that same area, right? Or sometimes we'll be in these situations because of our choice to follow Jesus Christ. Um, it's not always going to be um, what they say, bubblegum and lollipops, right? In your relation with the Lord and your walks as Christians, there will be times of difficulty and there will be times of pain simply, simply because you are a Christian. And only for that reason. With the Lord, there is hope in, 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 in return for our choice in calling him Lord of our lives. You are poor now, you will one day receive the kingdom. You are hungry now, you will one day be filled. You will weep now, and one day you will laugh. You know, I look at the disciples and even some today around the world who have it harder than us here in El Monte, California, the United States. You know, we have so many things that our brothers and sisters that, you know, that live in Cambodia and other places around the world that go through so many things that we don't. You know, same calling from the Lord to be separate from society, right? And, and their dealings with people, right? And their walks and sometimes being kicked out of their home by their, by their parents, right? Because they call themselves Christians now. Um, really being hungry, really being poor because of their decisions. The Lord gives us not only the, the kind of like the starting block of the relation with him, but he also gives us the finish line too, right? The eternal life, the prize 
our rewards in heaven, being able to live forever with him in heaven. So in peace, where can we be blessed forever, right? In heaven with the Lord, you know, rejoicing with him. So even though the life that we have um, here could be challenging sometimes, right? We can go through ups and downs and be in those situations where we are hungry, right, or poor. Uh, we need to focus on what the Lord has for us right in the end, right? And that's blessing. So let's read verses 24 through 26. already read those, didn't I? Let's read them again. It says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. So the woes to those who don't have room for the Lord, right? Woe to you who choose not to follow him. Woe to you who are rich and have trusted in those riches uh, or rejoice in the riches um, you have acquired. Your comfort has been applied to you here and now and you will not be comfy later on. All all the riches you trusted in, right? The riches you value, the comfort has been given to you here on earth. Later on, it will not be so. Woe to you who are full, they are, they are fed to the full and have more than their hearts can wish. Psalm 73, verse 7 says, Their eyes bulge with abundance, they have more than heart could wish. Matthew Henry says it. It's kind of wordy, right? So see if we can get it here. It says, They are full of themselves without God in Christ. Woe to such, for they shall hunger, they shall shortly be stripped and emptied of all the things they are so proud of. And when they shall have left behind them in the world all those things which are their fullness, they shall carry away with them such appetites and desires as the world they've been removed from. For all the delights of sense, which are now so full of, will be in hell denied and in heaven superseded. So these are things he said to the disciples to prepare them for ministry, let them know of how it's going to be going into the relationship with him. Kind of eyes wide open. Here's what it's going to be like, right? I didn't, I didn't, uh, nothing hidden, so to speak. That that our God o- opens to us, you know, makes it open to us the challenges, but also the promises of, of uh, the blessings that come from it as well in a relationship with Him. So if you're going through hard times, the Lord um, lets you know about it before, right? If you're if you're not going through hard times, you will be soon. Um, but know that the Lord is giving you the Bible to be prepared with it, right? As you go through the hard times, He's giving you the Holy Spirit as a helper to guide you through through them and free access to Him twenty four seven to talk and pray His Word to learn and to be applied to your life. Everything included the reward and prize of eternal life. It's all here for you here. Our big chunk, we're going to read verses 27 through 36. It says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer him the other side. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. 
And just as you want man to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Radical stuff right there, right? Um, to do good, bless and pray for those who spitefully use you. Uh, Jesus recognized that, that obviously we'll have enemies, right? This plan of, of God's kingdom uh, takes into account, you know, real world problems, right? We'll be attacked and so forth. They will be, though, though we will have enemies, yet we have to respond to them in what? Is that L word? Love. Trusting that God will protect what we're trying to do, right? And, and destroy our enemies in the in the best way possible. You know, by transforming them possibly into maybe your friend in the end. Um, the love Jesus told us to have for enemies was not, you know, a warm and, and cuddly feeling, right, that we have in our heart. Um, I'm not sure if it'll ever be like that. Um, and if we wait, I don't think we, it can be like that, right? Um, we'll probably never love them if we want that, that type of love. The love for our enemies is, is a love that does something for them um, apart from how we might feel about them. You know, not, wearing our, not weighing our actions, you know, by what they've done to me, um, but we think about them first and how we might be used to save them, like I was talking about before, right? That, that act of love, um, even to our enemies. And that's what it's all about, you know, Blessing those who curse you, speaking well of them, not talking behind their backs, uh, what a rotten person they are, um, and how our actions are, are, how their actions are not right. We cannot love our enemies as we love our nearest and dearest. To do so would be unnatural, impossible, and even wrong. But we can see to it that no matter what a man does to us, even if he insults, ill-treats, and injures us, we will seek nothing but their highest good. Who says that's hard? Very hard, right? But that should be our motivation, right? Lord, this is for all of you who are hearing, right? What he says in his word, me, me included. For those of you who are hearing, here's what you're going to do. Verse 29 and 30, the whole striking on the cheek thing. Yeah, right, huh? That, that, would, that would be um, hard for me, and I'm sure most of you as well. I'm sure we have the right to you know, defend ourselves, right, in those times of attack, you know, physical attack. But there has to be that moment, right, where we question what we are doing in return to that person. You know, what what is it accomplishing? You know, if guy slaps me, right, and I beat him up, what does it accomplish? Um, you know, if I, if I slap the guy back, what is it going to do? Nothing, right? Make things probably worse. And I'm not sure if that guy knows I'm a believer in Christ, right? And he said, well, this, this guy, he's a follower of Jesus, and he's beat me up. Remember, I had that, that 
perception, you know, of believers back in my day, right? And um, some some gave me the uh, the visual of someone who wasn't loving was a Christian. And that's not so right. You can never, first of all, you can never apply right by looking at someone that's who Jesus is, right? You can just look at him through the Bible and you'll get your input. But, um, you know, if, if someone wants your tunic, you know, and you don't give it to him, what progress does that make in, in the relation with that person? No progress at all. For the kingdom, all the actions are not what the world teaches us because the world wants us to take advantage of everyone and think of who? Just yourself, right? Me, me, me. You know, this is an example that, that we also are to love our enemies and bless them if we can. In doing so, we show ourselves to be sons of the Most High. In our actions, right, we can show people that we are different than anyone else, right, and we love the Lord and we are made different. You see those a- athletes? I'm made different, right, because they're so good. Um, but in, in our relationship with the Lord, we should be different. Right by our by what we say and so forth, we are made sons by um, through faith in Jesus Christ. We are called to make our calling election sure, to approve and vindicate our right to be that sacred, um, be a part of that sacred name. Um, remember, Jesus here taught the character, the characteristics of the citizens of His kingdom. So we should expect that character to be different from the character seen in the world. There are many good reasons why more should be expected from us than others. You guys agree? More should be expected from us, believers in Jesus Christ, than unbelievers, people of the world. More should be expected of us. Um, they claim to have, we claim to have something that others don't have. We claim to be renewed, re- repentant, and redeemed by Jesus Christ. And we are, correct? We are. Um, they have the power that others don't have. Uh, they claim to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Um, they have the Spirit of God dwelling within them. And they have a better future than we do. So th- these are all things that we should be better at, correct? In dealing with people. You know, loving your enemies, there is no credit added to your name as a Christian if you just love those who love you. Lending to those who will just pay you back, no credit. Um, whose money is it first? Is it yours? It's the Lord's, right? So doing good to all, lending with nothing, uh, with the not expecting anything in return, uh, for our reward is in heaven. Amen? So this is kind of like the the um, the unthankful or an evil and show like we, we shouldn't be like that, right? The, but to be merciful as our Father in heaven is merciful, not doing evil to those who, you know, come across our path, right? Because they've dealt with us in a certain way. All right. 37 through 45. We're almost done. 37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will that will they not both fall into the ditch? 
A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is a perfectly who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. It says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men who, for men, do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So uh, another tough section, right? Challenging, you know, judge not, and you shall not be judged. With this command, Jesus warns against passing judgment upon others because when we do so, it will be judged to us in a similar fashion. So those who seem to know nothing of the Bible, um, this, this verse has been used. Who says, who's been ever been told that? Don't judge me. Right? It, it's often used by people who, you know, who don't want to be uh, given input, right? But it's a common quote. Um, but they don't understand what Jesus said, right? They seem to think or hope that Jesus commanded a universal universal acceptance of of any lifestyle or of any teaching. And it's, that's not so. Uh, we all know that's incorrect. The Christian is called to show unconditional love, but the Christian is not called to unconditionally approve of everyone's actions or choices. Right? I can love the person. I don't have to love their decisions or accept their decisions, right? Don't have to do that. We can uh, we can love people who do things that, that should not be approved of, and that should be our thing, right? Love the people. One commentator said this about judging others and the command we have not to. It says, we break the command when we think the worst of others. We break the command when we only speak to others of their faults. We break the command when we judge an entire life only by its worst moments. We break the command when we judge the hidden motive, motive of others. We break the command when we judge others without considering ourselves in their same circumstances. And we break the command when we judge others without being mindful that we ourselves will be judged also. So forgiveness in verse 37, you know, given again in verse 38, you will have uh, returned um, and it will run over, right? Like it says in verse 37. Verse 39, can the blind lead the blind? This is obvious, right? Can the blind lead the blind? No, right? We should have never looked to other men, other blind men to lead us, nor should we try to lead others in our blindness sometimes. You know, instead we should look to the Lord, our leader and teacher who sees all and knows all things. Never be, never be human-minded or human-led. Always be Jesus-minded and Jesus-led. Right, always be like that. Beware of hypocrisy in the areas Jesus is mentioning here. You know, it, it could be kind of comical, right? Look at the picture of the the guy who has a big old log in his eye, right? And he's trying to searching for a speck in his brother's eye, um, and it, it's I take it as worry about yourself, right? I got enough to worry about here with with all this, right, and all things up here and here, right? I have enough to deal with and get and to get into right to worry about. Um, 
someone else's faults or maybe sins, right? Um, and not to let in someone know, right? I'm not sure if I've ever been at a place, right, or, or remember uh, a time when I've done that, where I've um, given someone counsel, right? That's scary, right? You're like, hey, man, you should be doing that. But then the Lord is like, Psh, what are you doing also, mm-hmm. right? We have to be careful with that. Uh, not, not casually going to the person with the, with the log of my eye, right? Our hypocrisy in these situations is almost always more evident to others than to ourselves. Um, and it could be a place where we ignore even the plank in our own eye, um, but others notice it immediately. Um, a good example of this hypocrisy was David's reaction to Nathan's story about the man who unjustly stole and killed another man's lamb. You guys remember that? And he's over here in adultery and, and murder. Right, and, and David quickly condemned the man, but was blind to his own sin, uh, which was much, much greater. That's in Second Samuel twelve, and that's how it looks like sometimes to others. You know, um, so big and so evident, right? And we're trying to search for little specks in people's eyes or their, in their lives. All right, let's wrap it up. Verses forty-three through forty-nine. It says, "For a good tree, I'm reading those again. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit." nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. Uh, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It says, But woe, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I tell you? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings does them. I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was what? It was great. So, does do does your tree, spiritual tree, bear fruit? Are we growing in our walks with the, with the Lord and developing to be more and more like the Lord? And that's our example, right? We are never to uh, never get there. We should always be learning, right, and applying these lessons that we hear each and every Sunday or Wednesday or even in, in your devotionals, right? If if we are hearing. Uh, a couple of times Jesus says that in this section, to those who hear, and this uh, relationship will not have progress if you are not hearing him. right? Spiritual ears and spiritual hearts, we are known by our fruit, what you say to others, improper comments, not loving them as they are, um, welcoming those back with love that have been that have left for a bit right from the fellowship, just embracing them. Um, growth in our spiritual trees is necessary for our use in the ministry and in his kingdom, right? We should have um, one tree to inspect. And whose tree is that? It's your own, right? You, you know, you can't be fruit inspectors, as they, as they call it, right? Judging others' trees, right? Like, you know, hey, what's up with your tree? That type of thing, right? Uh, why aren't you growing, uh, you and I have enough work to, and maintain our own trees, right, that bear fruit. And out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks, right? Our words reveal our heart. 
if there are if there if there's a good treasure in the heart, it will show. And if there's evil, it will also show. Our words say more about us than we think. You guys believe that? Our words say a lot, right? And reveal some uh, that some are good men and that some are evil men. The Lord will reveal, you know, who you are in time and even in the ministry. In due time, the Lord will reveal, you know, why you are serving here, right? Good or evil by the words that you speak and the things that you say, right? In the last section, Jesus wraps up the teaching by letting them know how they can withstand anything. Everyone say anything. Anything as long as they live a life that is pleasing to him. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and what? And does them, right? He or she will be like a house built on a deep foundation, built on the rock. And when the challenges of life come, hunger, reviling, poor, your house will stand. You will stand because you have heard and me and 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 you have lives that, are being lived for me. You know, I made, I, I who made you and given you this life, right? I'm giving you direction, guidance, instruction. Do it and you will be blessed. If you don't, you will come and hear and do nothing. You will experience pain. Uh, your house will fall and its ruin will be great. So just hearing God's word isn't enough to provide a secure foundation for your life. Um, the house that is mentioned, um, it is necessary that we are also need to be doers of the word, right? Listen and do, right? If you are not, we commit the sin that will surely find us out, the sin of doing nothing when you hear. And if there's something that you heard tonight, right, that you should be doing and you don't do it, you are in sin, right? If I have been taught something by the Lord in my devotions and I, am, I don't do it, I am in sin, Lord wants to get a hold of us, right? For our benefit, right? For our growth. Numbers 32, 23, it says, but if you do not do so, then take note you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. So going back to the title, right? So do you and I match up to the things that we learned today? You know, are we like the Pharisees? Do we match up to their actions? Um, Are we legalistic in our interaction with others? Do we pray like Jesus did? Do we look to be touched by Jesus as the people did? Are we blessed in the hard times? Do we love our enemies? Do we judge others unjustly? And is our tree bearing fruit? And is our house being built on the rock? Are we hearing and doing? It was tough for me um, to, to write some of these things down and to share, right? Um, might be tough for you guys too, but understand, right? There isn't condemnation here, right? Or it's like, hey, you know, Rich, you need to get better at this, right? I'm here to help. You got that level place, right? Like you reach out to the people. I encourage you today, right? If you heard something today where you need help, don't, don't be condemned, right? We're here to learn and grow with each other, encourage one another. And the Lord's here at that level place to meet you. Amen?